Hello and welcome to The Sea is Medicine, where we explore the ocean's power to inspire, heal, and transform our lives. Today we have a very special guest. Her name is Alexa Shanefelt. She writes the blog MV Noeta. She's also a mother, a boater, an ocean activist, and a teacher, and so much more. All right, welcome, Alexa. Thank you. It's so great to be here. I'm on Noeta. Mm-hmm. Alexa's boat. And how long have you been living on this boat? Uh, we've been on this boat um, two and a half years. Uh, we've been on boats for about 15 years. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. And I will say this is a very homey, cozy boat. It's a 50-foot Nordhaven, which is a trawler. It's meant to cross oceans and go on expeditions. And um, it's made for both comfort, but also definitely security and feeling safe out in big water and, and oceans. So, yeah. Oh, awesome. It's beautiful. Thank you. Really beautiful. Thanks. And now, how did you get to living on a boat? Because did you say you grew up in Idaho? I did. I grew up very landlocked with rivers and, and lakes was the most water we had. Um, we moved to the Puget Sound, which is in Washington, about um, a little over 15 years ago uh, for work. And it's surrounded by water and the San Juan's Islands and Puget Sound is just a stunning place to boat. So we bought a boat, started uh, doing weekend boating and summer boating trips for weeks. And we went to Canada, Gulf Islands. So really um, got our boating skills there. Um, after a number of years, we started talking about retiring on a boat, uh, maybe once all the kids were gone. And um, then we were like, well, maybe before retirement, but after the kids are gone and then one faded dinner our daughter said, well, we would, um, we could do that. We could live on a boat. And I think within a month we'd sold the house and moved onto a boat and we, um, have been there ever since. So we moved on board a boat, uh, three, four years ago, uh, a different boat that got us from Washington to San Francisco. And then we actually sold that boat there. It was 46 feet and it only had two bedrooms, two berths. And that was tough because we had two teenagers living on board and my husband and I and a big cat. So we bought this boat. We're currently on Noetta and um, it has a bedroom for everybody, a lot more space. Everybody's a lot more comfortable. Um, since then, one of our kids has moved off to college. And so we just have one um, and still a fat cat. So. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So what was it about the water? How did you, what, what inspired you to change your life and become a aquatic based life? Right. So once we were boating, we realized that when we went after work to the boat or on the weekend to the boat or spent weeks traveling on it, it it's where we were relaxed. It's where we were happy. It's where we wanted to be. Um, anytime we're at the house or running from job to job, um, you know, making the money to pay the bills, we realized um, we always wanted to be on the boat, um, the salt water and the air and the people that live around it and the lifestyle that's just a little slower. Um, we were burning ourselves out and we both had great jobs and 
we decided that's not what life's about is jobs. And so downsized, sold the house, sold the cars, sold everything and, and cut ties. And, and we're now in Mexico where we're on our second year here, um, living a much slower, happier life. That's so beautiful. Yeah. It takes a lot of courage to do that. Yeah. People think we're nuts. Um, well, there's, there are two classes of people, people that could never do it and think we're crazy and the people that are jealous and wish they could do the same thing. So two very clear camps. Um, <laughs> and, and you generally, you won't change the mind of one for another. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah. So true. Now yeah. is your livelihood also revolved around the ocean? Um, I know you had talked about sea shepherd. Mm -hmm. stuff. Yep. So Pretty much all of our, especially my extracurriculars revolve around saltwater. Um, I swim uh, often uh, for exercise and for fun. We paddleboard, we kayak, and then I'm a volunteer for Sea Shepherd locally. So I am the point person in La Cruz area, this area of Mexico, where if a boat's coming through and they need something, um, they come to me and I make sure we figure out how to do it. Um, I also run the Sunday markets and we sell t-shirts and whatnot. And Sea Shepherd is a nonprofit conservation organization to basically protect anything in the ocean, um, any wildlife. So from the whales to dolphins, to turtles, um, anything that needs saving from man, from humans, uh, we get in the way and uh, stand up for the wildlife. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. And there's a lot of whales too. Yeah, yeah, lots of whales here. We uh, mostly humpbacks here. Every once in a while, we'll get a, a killer or a minky whale or a, a false killer whale here. Um, the whales that are down here, we Sea Shepherd is not um, uh, part of the organization working to save the whales here. That's Echoback. Um, this is their region. We are in Mexico to save the Baquita dolphin. Uh, we work with the government. Um, we have military on board um, in the northern part of the Sea of Cortez. The Baquita dolphin is actually a porpoise. There's only 10 to 15 of them left in the world, and they're all right here in Mexico. And um, there's a sanctuary. Fortunately, Mexico has made a sanctuary in the Sea of Cortez, but poachers still put gill nets down, uh, hundreds of feet long uh, worth of gill nets that turtles and dolphins and, and these Baquita get stuck in, and they're bycatch, they die. Um, the poachers are poaching for totoaba, which is um, a large fish where they cut it open, take the fish, the swim bladder and send it to Asia where they use it for an aphrodisiac like shark fins and rhino horns and things that don't actually do anything. Do yeah. you find the fishermen here? How mm. receptive are they? Yeah. Because this is a fishing village. It is a fishing village and it's been really interesting. Um, down here, these fishermen fish legally. Um, they're allowed to fish. Uh, they uh, aren't doing the gill netting down here that um, breaks the law of, um, the, it's not a sanctuary here also, but um, down here, the fishermen um, seem to appreciate that we're trying to save the ocean. Uh, the gill netting um, really clears the ocean floors and makes it so fish aren't coming back year after year and really getting in the way of the livelihood of the everyday fishermen. Um, it is tense up in the northern part of the Sea of Cortez. Um, 
up near San Felipe, um, Mexicali, up there in the north. Um, there are legal fishermen, lots of them who just want to fish and, and, and live their lives and make their money. And then the poachers and, and even those two groups battle between each other. So down here, we've had no problems, no resistance with us being down here. It's very much Sea Shepherd friendly, which is why we have um, ships coming through the cruise um, because they know that they'll be received well. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So it's like a little safe haven. It is. It really, it is. For the yeah. Shepherd. That's great. Yeah. And I noticed there's a boat here too. Yeah. So what's, uh, we just, the Bridget Bardot just left. They sold her. Um, she was a fascinating vessel. Um, but just this week, the Martin Sheen showed up and it's um, the only sailing vessel that the fleet has. Um, I think the fleet is 11 ships right now around the world. Um, this one does, uh, has biologists, scientists on board. Uh, most recently, they were studying the migration patterns of humpback whales, populations that they study every year of how many and where they go and what they're eating. Uh, they've also been um, in Canada studying the salmon farms um, and the and the salmon in the wild where it really should be. Um, nice. To the more they know, the more we can stand up for what's best for the oceans and and for the wildlife in the oceans. So, and microplastics is another science um, topic that they research on the boat too. Right, that's yeah, huge. It these is big. Days. Mm -hmm. We're yeah. just so consumed with plastic everywhere. We it's really are. Really you, crazy. you, and I know walking along the beaches and swimming how much you see it yeah. out there every time, and it's it's very sad. Yeah, yeah, it's really sad. Yep. Without our oceans, we all die. And so we need these oceans to be healthy and safe because um, they, whether it's CO2 and, 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 and land level and water level, it's, it's really important that we have healthy oceans. Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? Yeah. We're we're made of water. We're, we're little oceans ourselves. We are, we are. So when, we need to keep the big mother ocean. Absolutely. <laughs> Healthy. It's so important. And and the more that uh, program documentaries have been coming out to help educate people. Seaspiracy recently came out. Wonderful documentary about how we're destroying our oceans and um, and overfishing. And it's um, it's got really great information. There are a lot of um, programs out there now that to kind of educate the little guy to say, here's what you can do as one person to help save the ocean and the species in it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any tips for what people can do? Well, Seaspiracy would say um, don't eat fish. Um, uh, others would say perhaps we need some regulation on fishing industry um, because the way they troll the bottom just tears up everything. It, it would be like going through a forest to for to hunt deer and tear out the whole forest for uh. it. And we just don't think of the ocean like we do our land and we're destroying it and we need to treat it like we do land. Um, whether it's, you know, putting, you know, spills in it and, and plastics in it and taking people going fishing and taking, you know, 14 tuna out of the ocean when to feed their family, they didn't need that. Um, and we just, so if we can th just start thinking differently about the ocean, think about it as our forests on land and how we tend to protect you know, people aren't doing as much elephant hunting anymore, hopefully, and, and rhinoceros and giraffe, and we're, we're working on really saying we don't need to slaughter them. Um, and there are licenses for hunting deer and you can only have so many. And if, if we regulated our oceans that way a little better, um, I think um, it, it would just change everybody's perspective a little bit. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. it's interesting. People yeah. don't really have a connection no. or really see what happens. Right, right. Until they actually are out on boats or yeah. going to the beach regularly or yeah. in the water regularly. The byproduct from fishing that's killing dolphins and and turtles and things that they have no business dying because somebody's trying to get a tuna for their tuna fish sandwich um, right. is um, ridiculous. They say dolphin safe on the can and it's a lie. It's a money industry and um, nothing is dolphin safe when it's caught by fishing industry. And so, um, and it's not just dolphins, it's all the other critters out there that are just dying needlessly. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah. Yeah. terrible. Yeah. Now, is your blog, a, is this what you write about on your blog? Not usually. Um, my blog is, it's very personal about our experiences. Um, oh, nice. So on um, M, uh, MV, Noetta MV is Motor Vessel, Noetta, N-O-E-T-A dot com. Um, it's kind of how we got started. It's all the stories about um, goofy things that have happened to us, things we've discovered along the way about ourselves or about others, um, about all the places we've visited. Um, so, and sometimes an idea will just pop into my head right now. I'm working on one about vocabulary that normal people don't know because they don't live on boats. And, um, <laughs> and there are all sorts of words that we were just, we say them all the time. Um, what are a few examples? I have to, I might have to, I've been sticky noting this one cause I haven't, um, completely finished it. Okay. Only sunsetter is coming to mind and, and sundowners. That's like every day you do a sunsetter and sundowner and that's just your dock cocktails or you're floating in the water cocktails, float downers. Sometimes it's called, um, the only ones I'm thinking are ones, um, uh, a noodle is a, um, is a group of Nordhavens, which is this kind of boat. So three or more Nordhavens becomes a noodle. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, as oh, I'm that's great. that's great. Yeah. We'll post one in the show notes. Okay, we'll, good. Yeah. yeah I've got we'll a few that. for you. Yeah. That's so cool. And so I, I would love to know also about raising children mm -hmm. on a boat. I think, you know, yeah. most people would consider that a pretty radical move. <laughs> and is. I would love to hear about that. Yeah. And when um, it, we wish in retrospect, we would have left when they were earlier, um, like oh, seven, wow. seven eight years old. Um, when we pulled them, um, they, they were 13 and 14 uh, or 13 oh, okay. and 15 years old. Um, it's a tough time to be alive at that age, let alone do a major transition and leave your home and leave your school. And they weren't involved in a whole lot of things in town, sports or any activities. So it, we weren't leaving that beside behind, but we, um, but definitely the friends and the school and the routine of the day-to-day -day life. It, it was a challenge and there are good days and, and bad days even still. Um, I was a teacher for 20 years in the oh, public okay. school system. So I at least came to it with a lot of education knowledge. Um, I will say it's easier to teach a class of 30 kids that are not my own sometimes than just one of my own. Um, <laughs> they're, they're outstanding kids. Um, but now that we've made it through a few years, I do believe the learning that they've made that's not classroom learning is um, spectacular. Um, the the people they've met from around the world, the the way they've learned to just be patient and perseverant, and um, I will. There's always ups and downs, of course, but um, I think the learning, life learning, is is a lot more. Um, these kids, they're very accepting of everybody. When we pull into an anchorage or somewhere, and there are other kids, which in La Cruz there are a lot of them. Um, immediately they they go to each other. It doesn't matter that one might've been an athlete and one might've been an artist or one might've, um, you know, been involved in 
science club and one hates science. It doesn't matter. Here, uh -huh. these kids all are like, great, I found a human and I'm going to be accepting of their flaws and their and my flaws will be accepted. And it's um, it's a lovely thing to see. Uh, our daughter left last year for college. So her high school transcripts on a boat worked just fine to get her into college. Oh, great. Uh, they did take the SAT tests here in Mexico um, because colleges like to see that from home boat school kids, which is right. what we call them. Um, our son is 17 now and he's doing dual enrollment. So that means he's doing both high school and college right now. Wow. So with COVID, all of the um, programs in our state went um, virtual. So he's able to take all his college classes online. And so his English 101 at college counts for his uh, junior year English in high school. And so by the time he leaves the boat, he should have an associate's degree already. Um, That's fantastic. It's been a great benefit um, that he might not otherwise have done if we were at home. Um, so when he gets out and if he chooses to go to college, then he'll already have a two-year degree under his belt. So um, it's going great. We're very close. Um, we're... Um, whether we want to be or not, there's no secrets <laughs> on a, no secrets on a boat. So, um, it's, uh, I feel like we have a really, really strong relationship with both our kids that lived here. Uh, we do have an older daughter who's 25 and she did a lot of cruising with us, summer cruising, but never lived on a boat she was already gone when we moved. Um, she very, very much likes to visit the boat now as an adult. Um, it's very relaxing and, and stress-free to come visit mom and dad. Uh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. That's sweet. So you basically have to boat school or homeschool. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And with COVID again, there've been a lot of resources that have been available to us. So that has helped, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's boat schooling all the way. Last year we had a lot of teenagers. So, um, I taught some Spanish to some kids and we did book club with various parents on different boats. So we were able to use the resources we had. Um, sometimes a parent will teach an art class or, how to use a sextant and navigate or how, you know, if a parent has a skill, they'll offer to teach. Oh, and um, it's, it's a nice community of learners. So, yeah. yeah, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, my experience was from school was basically just memorizing things and then regurgitating it. So this is very different, a much different. <laughs> and I would say more enriching I think way so. to learn. Yep. Yep. And I was, again, I was a teacher for a lot of years and, um, I, I know the system very well and um, the flaws in it, of course, are you can, you know, you've got to keep everybody going at the right pace. Kids fall behind. Kids want to go faster and you have to um, navigate that. And that's really complicated. And, and most of school as a teacher is is admin and dealing with um new laws, new textbooks, parents, administration, proving that you're good enough. Um, and it's as an educator, you spend so much time um, proving to others what you're doing is right. And I don't feel like I need to do that anymore. I think if my kids go off and they're good people and they're independent and they are doing what they love, then I've done my job. So it, it's a very different feeling now. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. Do you think you'd ever go back to land? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> um, it would be it would be very hard, and it would have to be something very very close to saltwater. Yeah. Um, I I don't think I could go back inland again. And even if we were did have a land based place, there would have to be a boat somewhere that we could escape to. Yeah. Um, I think it's 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 part of who we are now. That's really neat. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so. the change is. 
it's happened. It's happened and there's Definitely. no turning back. Yeah, it's not for everybody, but uh, we sure love it. That's so, yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Uh, my son would think otherwise he will go to land as soon as possible. Might live in the mountains of Colorado somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, that's bound to happen. It I is. Guess, we right? all we all have our, our loves. Yeah. So that's really neat. Yeah. Um, I wanted to figure out too, where did you guys start and, and how did you end up in Mexico? Where the places have you been? And right. So it was obviously Puget Sound for a long time. Our goal was to come to Mexico. Um and even this La Cruz area, because we knew that kids and families um, were a big part of this community here. Um, they run kids events. And so this was kind of our, our goal. When we left Washington, um, we cruised down the coast of Oregon and, and Washington, and that was very miserable um, sailing, cruising, huge waves and wind and things breaking on the boat. Um, <laughs> we pulled into Crescent City for a few days because um, we'd cruised for three days nonstop. Uh, after weather passed, we went down cruise to San Francisco, where we stayed for a few months in the Bay. Um, our daughter lives in that area, so we got to see her, um, which is when my husband, um, who was always looking at boats online, uh, discovered this boat that we're currently on in Rhode Island and thought it would be a better fit for what we were doing. So we sold that boat in San Francisco, packed up a shipping container, drove it across country to Rhode Island, um, where we never thought we would cruise the East Coast. Um, bought this boat in Rhode Island, and then a few days later we left, um, started uh, south. Uh, the weather was changing. It was October of 2018, 19? 19, I think. Maybe 18, <laughs> actually. And um, cruised through New York, past the Statue of Liberty, got to see all sorts of things we never thought we would see from a boat. Um, once we're in Norfolk, Virginia is where the, I, the intercoastal waterway starts. So we started um, cruising inland. Um, beautiful. We did 17 stops down the East Coast. It was a lovely cruise. Um, ended up in Fort Lauderdale, uh, Florida, where we had some work done on the boat. Spent a few months in Florida um, and just getting ready for some things. And then we actually had the boat shipped. It was put on a boat in Fort Lauderdale and it was shipped to La Paz, Mexico. Reason being is um, my husband and I both still work um, and he he's a pilot. So he actually has to be there, show up to work. So <laughs> we, we didn't have the luxury of time to, to spend going through Panama and still get him to airplanes. So we had it shipped and then two weeks later met the boat in La Paz, Mexico, which is on the Baja. Uh, spent a few months um, on that side, uh, enjoying the the cactus and the desert side of Mexico, but we still knew we need, we wanted to be in the cruise. Um, so uh, jumped in the boat finally um, two years ago, cruised it across the Sea of Cortez. It's about a 48 hour cruise on a boat that goes eight knots, which is what we do. And then finally, I guess we've been here two years and um, we haven't really left. We've done some cruising north to Chicala south to Barra de Navidad and Tenacatita and Chamela, um, and a lot of cruising in the bay, a lot of whale cruises. But because my husband has to leave every week for work, we pretty much stay put. So it's our home base now um, until he can retire and the kids' college is finished. And then uh, then we'll, we'll cut ties and we'll go. We'll go. I don't know if I want to see South America, but I also want to Cross the ocean, maybe French Polynesia, maybe the other way, and see. I'd love to cruise around Scotland and England and 
Mediterranean would be wonderful too. So there, the boat can go anywhere. Yeah. So um, once we're ready to retire, we'll decide where that is. That's really exciting. Yeah. That's yeah. really excited. And I think nowadays too, I mean, the boat gives you so much freedom with there's so many regulations with traveling now, yeah. airlines and things. Yeah, it is. And you have everything with you and it's just, it's like an RV, but better because you can go up any country in the world yeah. pretty much. So <laughs> there are still a lot of places shut down even to boats right now. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, even Canada is closed down to us um, on a boat, but Australia and New Zealand, um, you can't enter by boat. French Polynesia, not yet. Um, and, and once, you know, we find our new normal, things will open up with restrictions. But uh, for now, we're, we're st pretty much stuck to Mexico, United States, and then maybe Central America. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. So I guess even on a boat, you've been, we've, they've been regulated. They have. Yep. Okay. Definitely. That's so interesting. Yeah. 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 Now, what are the, some of the biggest differences and adjustments you've had to make going from land to a sea life? So there's the daily life thing. So um, you only have so much water on a boat. And if you want more, you have to either make water or have potable water brought in. Um, you might run out of water during a shower if you're not you know, keeping track of things. Um, power usage is, is tracked. Uh, we're a 50 amp boat, which means you don't use multiple things at a time that might flip, um, that you might draw too much power and then lose it all. So if the microwave's on, you could probably have the water heater on, but maybe nothing else that runs a lot. Um, so it, it's power management on a boat. Um, and um, it, once we're out at anchor, it's even more so because you have less power, you're running on battery or solar energy. Um, so I never ever thought about power management when I was living in a house. Um, the, uh, you know, the, let's see, what else? Space. I mean, really, everything. Everyone is always in your way because the rule of a boat is wherever you want to be, somebody else is already there. So um, <laughs> it's just we learn to navigate around each other. Um, we're. I'm used to the motion now. It's always moving, um, especially with those who are at anchor. I don't. I'm not used to anchor. I mean, we love to anchor, but our this anchorage here is very, very rolly. And those who are out there long term, I give them credit. It is always rocking and rolling out there. <laughs> so, um, so there's the movement. Um, what else? Just the minimalist lifestyle, which I really enjoy now that I'm here. You can't just buy things just to buy them. There's no space for it on a boat. And uh, it used to be you'd walk through a Target or a oh, that's a cute you know, thing for a shelf or that's a cute basket or that's a neat whatever. And we just, if it's not useful, usually um, it doesn't have a place on a boat. Um, so I got used to that really quickly and I love it that we don't, <laughs> I just, it's easy not to buy anything. Um, clothes, there's only so, if something comes in, something has to go out because there's just not enough space. Um, so um, most everything I, I'm really, really used to. I miss um, a bathtub. I, not that I used it a whole lot, but I miss having a bathtub. I miss, um, we had a fireplace in our house. I miss oh, the wow. fireplace. Um, and every once in a while I miss just having a nice hot long shower. Um, <laughs> but so, but those are all very minimal things that we could go visit others and, and experience. But other than that, I don't miss much else from having a house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Well, it seems to me, though, it really brings a consciousness and awareness, right, to what is really important mm -hmm. in your daily life. Very much. And, and our footprint, um, our, our, whether it's power or water usage, our footprint is very, very small. Um, our, we reuse everything, we recycle, and, and our containers we take with us when we go out to eat so we can bring it back. Um, we don't need extra on the boat. Um, so we are much more conscious about what's, um, what's needed and what's necessary. Yeah. Um, and, and our boat is even, um, we have more space and we often have more things than often like a sailboat might. So we, it, we, we feel very luxurious in this boat compared to some others. <laughs> That's so funny. I feel very fortunate. <laughs> right. You, you feel luxurious. However, I think most people on land would say, oh my God, this is too small, too, small, too, too little, much. too, too minimalist. I couldn't yeah. do it. Yeah. It's so um, funny. Yeah, but um, I feel very fortunate. Yeah, that's great. The perspective. It would be really incredible. What if we all lived like this? Right, right. right. I wonder how that would affect the world. It would be, I think it would be, if you're not always trying to one-up your neighbors or having, you know, some everything nicer and shinier and newer all the time, um, I think we'd have a very different, um, very different culture um, of yeah. people, for sure. All right, so you were talking about Mexico and how friendly the people were here and and some of the differences. Yeah, no, we the people here are remarkable um, because they live for family, they live for community. Um, they are such hard workers and so funny um, that their perspective on life is different. They, they don't have time for all of the hate and the anger and the conspiracy theories and things that we see happening in, in our country for sure. Um, it's, they're, they're just happy to be alive. And um, they, this community especially is very, very welcoming to the boating community and to outsiders. And um, it's, I feel like some of the people here in town are, are like family now to me. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it, it seems that there's a lot of hate escalating. You know, people yeah. are always being grouped in certain uh, cliques or, mm -hmm. or segregated. Yeah. And then you can't like that mm -hmm. person or this person. Yeah. And it's very, um, well, of course, there are issues here. Uh, it's no country is without its right. faults. Um, the happiness and, and the quality of relationships seem very, very strong here. Um, I've never once felt unsafe. I've never, you know, sometimes in the United States we hear news of the dangers of this and that. And while, while I know things happen here that are um, unfortunate, right. just like any country, um, not in the day-to-day -day life. Uh, not and definitely not in La Cruz and Nayarit and this region here. Um, I feel very fortunate and to be here and my kids all are happy to go out and about their days and um, it's it's been a great place to have my family. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. 
So yeah. a good anchor. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. I've been very involved in the community over COVID. I was part of the fish, the the food bank program. We'd go up into Arroyo Seco every week, and we take food to the locals up there. And I got to know those folks. They're beautiful, beautiful. Um, you know, dirt floors and and one light bulb on a you know electric strand, and yet they invite us to birthday parties and and they make us meals and they're loving and, and giving people. Um, and so it's been really wonderful to know those people up there. I've had the opportunity, I go up um, and teach English uh, a couple of times a week over the last year. And um, the kids, teenagers and adults usually, um, but they just want to learn some English so they can uh, have skills for a job. Um, and so they've been lovely to work with, but again, um, me being able to reach out and do some of that within the community has made it a happier place for my family. That's amazing. Yeah. That's really cool. I think what I'm gathering is that this boat life has really uh, given us, given people opportunities to stop taking life for granted so much. I think there's so many things in our modern lives and Western culture where we take a lot for granted absolutely so yeah. what I'm hearing is that you know people are really happy even just with the simple things in life yep and I we've seen it firsthand and I've definitely when I stopped to restructure my life from this you know 12 hour work days and, and just exhaustion um, it's definitely been um, a benefit for me to say what do I want to do and who do I want to help and how can I best do that and this has been a place I could do it. So, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Now, did you know Spanish before you came? So, fortunately, my, my college degree was um, bilingual and ELL education with a minor in Spanish. So, my last eight years before we left the country, I was a Spanish teacher, so that helped. Um, and then, now it was first year Spanish, so I'm really great in the present tense, and it might, I can speak future and past tense, but it takes, um, every once in a while I have to think about the word. Um, but it definitely has helped our transition down here uh, with me being able to speak Spanish. Yeah, having the language really helps. Yeah, yeah. My husband's still trying to learn. <laughs> but I'm afraid <laughs> I'm an enabler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's in the right place. He learn. is, he is. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Um, I saw that you found your the list of sticky notes. So <laughs> you were talking about this, your blog, and how you were uh, formulating an article on some of the words and vocabulary yeah. that is used in the sailing or in the boating, boating world. world. Yeah, and just a few, and and I know there are more will come to mind, but um, and it, it the idea started because um, people have been talking about the puddle jump. And we all know what the puddle jump is in the boating community in Mexico. Um, and it was a, it's the group of boats that goes from here to French Polynesia every year. Oh. And so it's a puddle, you jump over the puddle. Um, and it's kind of taken a life of its own. Um, the folks that actually coined the term are trying to come up with another term, um, but t so that they don't uh, negate how very giant that cruise is and how it takes 30 days. It's not just a puddle <laughs> yeah, and you're not just puddle. jumping. Um, but it, the term has stuck and so we all still use it. Um, there's also the boomerang and again folks down here know the boomerang as uh, people who leave Mexico 
go up to Hawaii and boomerang back to North America, maybe in Alaska and uh, maybe uh, Seattle. Um, so it's a boomerang effect. You kind of leave and, and come back. Um, so those are the terms because this is the time of year people would be leaving if it weren't for COVID. Um, and a lot of people are leaving for Hawaii right now because they can get into Hawaii. But um, that made me think, well, what other terms, if I were to just say it to my friends, uh, right. would they go, what? I don't understand. And so a few others, um, the, the um, well, we have a beer can here every Wednesday and a beer can rally is um, the Wednesday sailboat race. And it's just your opportunity to get off and go in a fun sailboat race. So that's kind of a La Cruz term, I think, that Mike... Um, at PV Sailing came up with, but it's the beer can rally. Um, <laughs> we, well, um, I don't, can I say that one? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, so bitch wings are when you <laughs> throw out your arms to the side in big dra dramatic posture. Usually you're standing on the bow of your boat and you're a little frustrated that somebody's dropping anchor too slow, too close to you. And so when they get too close to your boat at anchor, it could be dangerous. You could bump into each other, the, you could drag or the wind could shift. And so generally the term that we all do is we go out and throw out our bitch wings and, and kind of in term to say, hey, you're too close, you should go further. <laughs> um, now I don't know that everybody in the planet uses that one, but um, our circle definitely uses bitch wings. Um, so um, a scuttlebutt is a term um, that, they use in this area for sure when you get just get together and talk about how a sailboat race went or some event that's coming up or some it's a talk amongst sailors um is, is a scuttlebutt um so there are other terms i just I, i'm starting my list now so that when i write it i have words that come in up in my daily life that others i have to define for them um so that's just a few that's really fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't know what some of those words were. Yeah. So that's really great. It's yeah. so funny to learn these little um, nuances mm -hmm. to the different communities. Of the boater life. Yeah, yeah. boater life. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. So anything else you'd like to share with us or, or um, advice to give people? Well, the advice would be if you have one of those dreams that you're putting off to retirement or until you're 60 or whatever, I, I we left when I was... 44. Um, don't wait. Don't. It's not worth it. Uh, anything could happen. Um, we've seen with COVID for sure. Um, and it, you got to figure out what you want your life to be about. And if it's about your job, then, then great. Have it be your job. But unfortunately, the job seems to drive life too much. And if you can find a way to have your life be about what you want, the purpose that you want, and then you'll just feel so much more powerful and you'll feel in control. And I, I would say just don't wait. If you have something you want to do, go do it. So that's a biggie. Beautiful. That's yeah. great advice. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, thanks for coming over. We appreciate having yeah, you on the boat. Yeah, it's great being on the boat. I love it On here. the water. Yeah. yeah. Um, and finally, remind us of your blog. Yeah, if anybody so, wants to like stay tuned and see where you're going next and yeah, learn about boat life. Or contact us or whatever. Yeah. So um, www.mv, .mv, that's M as in motor, mvnoeta, N-O-E-T-A dot com. Okay, great. And I'll, I'll put this stuff in the show notes. Cool. And um, yeah. All right. Well, thanks yeah. for coming over. Thank you so much. Wow.